This is David Poland, and this is the audio podcast version of DP30. Today, Michael Franco, director of Sundown. I always saw you on your phone. <laughs> no, 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 I, because, you know, people want things. But no, no, it's been... It's, I enjoy this chat because uh, it's always intriguing to, to hear what's on your mind. Well, I, I talked to Tim already this morning. How did that go? Lovely. And I actually got to talk to uh, Mike Mills in the meantime also. So that was fun. You're, it's three of my favorite people in the business. So I'm happy to talk to you too. Cool. Um, so how are you? Everything is well, I assume? Everything good. Yeah. Are you safe and happy? In, at, are you in Mexico now? I'm in Mexico. Yeah, everything is... I mean, it's been two years, so I kind of got used to what what can you do. You're, you're careful and, and try to... Yeah. But uh, I really want cinemas to be back to full... You know, that's important. Mm. So how long ago did you make Sundown? We finished shooting at the beginning of March 2020. So, so right, we're very lucky just before the pandemic broke. Yeah. Huh. So is it weird to be holding on to it this long or does it feel because you're usually already gone through the cycle by now? No. Uh, we didn't hold, I mean, I had no order. I had shot no order before. Right. Uh, and we went to Venice with that on 2020. So that was a good way to let Sundown rest, uh, and then go back to it, edit, make the most out of it. And, and we went back to Venice a year later. So that was okay. I, it, it never felt like we were holding it. Uh, so speaking of new order, um, I had the conversation with a number of people uh, who were from Mexico who were telling me that uh, the movie was just too controversial for the yeah. uh, film elite in Mexico. <laughs> is, is that become your signature now? Is that you're, you're, you push their buttons too much? Good? Well, I'm proud of, I'm proud of it. I'm, I, I'm not looking for it. it it's, it's not what I made movies for, uh, but when it happens and it triggers conversations and they're passionate about you know, whether they love it or they're angry about what I do, uh, I'm, I feel very flattered. To write and shoot a movie like, like New Order has to push buttons in society and on the film community. Otherwise, I would have failed. So, so I'm very proud of what happened. Uh, yeah. Was, was there a specific trigger to create New Order or was it an idea that just developed the way that ideas develop? Well, I guess there are two things to it. One is social disparity, which is everywhere, but also you know, pretty bad in Mexico. And then I was very worried back in 2014, and time has only made it worse, to see the far right gaining power in Europe, and then to see Trump in the States, and you know, to keep hearing how he would put down Mexicans and you know, hate everywhere and using hate to alienate people and the military and the control everywhere. And then the pandemic just made it even worse. Uh, so yeah, those, those were the things that motivated the script. So Sundown is, is almost like a... Um... An, the, the, almost the opposite in some ways of New Order. As, as intense and chaotic and complex as New Order is, 
this film seems to bring it down to a very intimate, very, very intimate, quiet even uh, uh, voice, which I, I was unexpected from you, for me. Yeah, from because you had Tim Noir. Yeah, it's a very different movie. It's, it's well, even Lucia uh, for me is also much more, uh, you know, the intent, the, the kind of like, you know, in your faceness that you are kind of now known for is this is kind of the calmer, another, it's yeah. like the inside voice. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm glad you're saying it because that was the state of mind I was in when, when I wrote uh, Sundown. I was in some sort of existential personal crisis, you know, some, some midlife crisis, uh, getting close to 40 and, and, and thinking a lot about, you know, the big question, so to speak. Uh, and that's why I wrote this movie, but at the same time, it was, Acapulco was a key element. I always knew that if I wouldn't be able to shoot in Acapulco, I wouldn't shoot the movie. Uh, it had to be there because uh, it's interesting to place Tim's character in that environment. And and there's no other place like Acapulco where, where, where you have, everything is so alive, and, and I, I wanted that when you see the movie, you can almost smell and hear the music and, and, and feel the sun burning you. Uh, and to try to, I mean, it takes a whole movie, but try to understand Tim's character and, and, and try to understand why he keeps staying in that place, even though everything keeps hinting uh, that he should split. So, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a one man journey. We're we're in his in his shoes for the whole movie, and no other was very different. You will, you also hold your cards very close to the vest, uh, in terms of the storytelling. You know, it was saying that even there was a review the other day that opened with explaining the relationship between uh, Tim's character and or Charlotte's character, and I was like, that's a spoiler in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it changes the experience. Uh, because I, I, I wanted, it's not that I'm misleading the audience, but I like the idea of, of we are always judging what we see either in life or in movies. But in movies, it's often, you know, what you see is what you get and that's it. Uh, and life is not like that. And, and I want, I like that. You know? I, I like to discover little by little. And I like to, to um, there are hints about the relationship from the beginning. They, they behave like brother and sister. Right. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and of course those spoilers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also behave like a, a estranged couple or an unhappy couple or, you know, uh, you, you just don't know what exactly is going on. And that's good because then when he behaves the way he does at the beach, you, you're judging him and you are, uh, you are, putting a lot of yourself into his experience and you're thinking, I'd like to do the same or, or the opposite or it's terrible or that's my fantasy. I like, I like that experience for viewers to have. So Tim's character is from the beginning through really the, almost the entire movie, practically a silent movie character. He's really, doesn't, he is not a man of talk. Yeah. <laughs> Was that the was that an idea from the beginning? Was that the intention from the when you started writing? I like challenging him, uh, him and Tim likes to be challenged, and he's a fantastic actor that that's not often pushed to his limits, and and we always like playing the, that game, and, and 
from the writing, you know, I show it to him very, very early into the process. And, and I, I, we, we have, I think we have very close sensibilities. Uh, even when you watch the film, the only film he directed, it, it, it's really my thing. So I like that he's doing a lot with very little. And I'm doing the same with the camera and with no music and 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 we push each other in, in, in that way. Yeah, well his real I mean, I was saying his relationship with the local woman is almost completely without words. <laughs> There's just the physicality of it and the and the simplicity of being together. Yeah. But he's not an explainer. He does not explain really even to the end, he doesn't explain anything. But but also they don't speak the same language. She 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 doesn't speak that much English, so it's it's natural, you know, it makes sense. Uh and it's a love story that we see how it develops on screen step by step without it being explained through words. I respect the audience too much to patronize them with, with long dialogues that tell you what to think or what to feel. You know. Well, it's fascinating that even at moments where you would think that he would want to explain himself to the kids, for instance, late in the movie or, um, you know, at some point to his sister when she shows up and, and there, it's such a conflict for her. She's so angry at him that, but, but he just not going to do it. Yeah. And he's trying, he's trying two things to, to, by, by the decision that he's making, he's trying not to hurt his family, the people that surround him. And of course it, it goes the wrong way. Uh, and also he's trying to, he, he wants to be free. He wants to decide. He wants to decide on his life, uh, on how to deal with his life in his own terms. Uh, and sadly what the experience shows us is that we're not free. We, we, we're never free. Uh, mm. But he's always trying to be honest and straightforward. Of course, not when he stays in Acapulco, but... They should leave him alone. They never do. Yeah. Well, he never says, leave me alone either. Well, he kind of does. I mean, he even gives up the money twice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. There are people who are comparing the movie to Succession, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I haven't seen that, so uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, it's, you know, the, the British family that's, you know, that's in America now and has all this money, and they're all fighting for who's going to get the money. And I'm like, that does not seem like a major part of this movie. <laughs> Ultimately, I, I, I always like when characters are discussing about money because it reveals other sides of the characters. Yeah. But, so but did you shoot in order or did you shoot? Does, is that what on this picture? Yeah, I always do. I always show shooting chronological order. Yeah. Um, and that gives me a lot of freedom to understand the film, the characters, the story, little by little, step by step. Uh, we reshoot a lot of it. Uh, everything I'm not satisfied with, we shoot again within the same schedule. Um, sometimes I end up using the, sh the original shot of the reshoot. So, so <laughs> I, there's a script and we follow it, we stick to it, but at the same time we play with it when it's necessary and that can only be done through a chronological shoot, uh, which would be almost forbidden in, in, in most production companies, but that's why I am a writer and producer because I is it need... something you 
is this something you figure a method you figured out over time or is it something yeah. it sounds a little kubrickian <laughs> I, I i started shooting like that uh, from my second movie after lucia hmm. uh, the first movie i shot i would have loved to do that but it's the only one of my movies that i didn't produce uh, entirely on my own and you know that was my i said i will never make another movie if i'm not the main producer huh so so that was a big challenge in your in your i get I, somehow I don't think of your movies as a career. I think of them as art, but um, that's a challenge. Because I mean, I always remember the story, Paul Thomas Anderson made his first movie and then they recut it when he didn't want it recut. Um, it was called Sydney, now it's called Heart Eight. And then the, sec the next movie, Boogie Nights, he wrote every single stage movement <laughs> into the script with how long it would take and everything else to the point where the script was almost unreadable to protect you know, once they signed off on it, they couldn't say no. The, the problem with that is the amount of energy that, that it takes to protect your art in such way. Uh, the good thing in my case is I don't spend energy protecting, you know, that there's a system and there's a group of people. I don't make the movies alone, of course. There's people who now embrace that system and they want to collaborate in such way. And uh, But I'm not having to justify myself with financiers or to fight over a final cut. Uh, uh, I mean, to me, it's inconceivable to make a movie on, on those terms. But that's why I'm, again, the producer and I'm not uh, eager to fit myself into any bigger industry, you know? Well, why, why, would, why would I want that? <laughs> well, the so what is the financing like for you? Is, are you? Do you have state money? Is it private money that likes you? Or? Uh, in some cases, we have state money. In most cases, uh, it doesn't always come up front, which is the best way, because I'm not very patient. I, I won't wait two or three years for that to happen. So if, if we have to, we will shoot with very little money. And again, I'm, 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 I'm lucky that the crew will follow me and the actors will wait, will work uh, for less money because of the pleasure of it. So, yeah, I mean... Film is like life. You, you, you show up if, if you want, you know, if you want to be there, we'll find a way uh, to be together. Uh, otherwise, no matter how much money you throw into films and trouble and relationships, it's never going to work. So do you feel a split in the, in the cinema community of Mexico around you that you're, that you're, there are two different groups that no. one group want something more commercial and one something, one group is into you? No, 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 I don't, no, I, I don't accept labels when they try to put labels, you know, either that I'm like art house, I'm, I'm, I'm not art house, you know, I'm, I make movies, no other even during the pandemic sold uh, half a million tickets, which is not bad, you know, when, when I think it's the, the highest grossing Mexican movie since the pandemic started, uh, uh, much more than the films that are made so, just to be commercial. Right. Uh, Lucia sold a million tickets uh, 10 years ago. So, so I don't take the art house label. Uh, I don't take any label. And, and I don't like, I hate the intellectual approach of movies, you know. Uh, I'm not into that. Because movies should be alike. Yes. But I, I mean, for me, it's I, I'm like frustrated by the lack of Academy Award nominations for your movies from Mexico. 
you know, I always, I, I always want there to be a bigger footprint in America because I think your pictures um, are hard for a lot of people, but that's part of the idea of cinema is that you, it's not just about going in and having, you know, fun thrown in your face the whole time. Yeah, well, I, I was annoyed when Nord wasn't picked to represent Mexico, uh, but but I was already editing Sundown, you know. So so I was, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm moving forward. I there's so much I can control. Uh, it's also frustrating that cinemas weren't functioning, uh, and there still aren't at a hundred percent capacity. Uh, so you let go things you cannot control. It's already very hard to make movies. So I focus on, on, on my process and, and the rest I cannot control. So how far out ahead are you now? Do you have two or three things waiting to come to fruition or? <laughs> I have stuff uh, that I wouldn't discuss openly, not because I'm secretive, it's not about that. Because I think, you know, what's the use of talking about something that you haven't shot? Right. Uh, again, it might change so much. Uh, so, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm only, you know, I'm 42, so I have energy and I love doing it and I control it. So why would I stop? Sometimes people say you should, you know, take a break. Yeah, I can take a break for a week or a month or two months. <laughs> and then I, you know, like you, you, you I keep doing my job because you like your job. Yeah. Well, you like being busy. I'm not crazy busy. I'm not like a workaholic. Um, having said that, my mind is always busy figuring out the next movie. Um, I guess it, it's wrong in some level, but even in my, I cannot split my personal life. I'm always, when I'm going through some stuff, I'm thinking, will I end up making a movie about this? Will this make a scene in a movie? Uh, I cannot control that. That that happens all the time. But um, but I'm not a workaholic. Like you know, I'm, I'm when I'm writing a script, I I I can work for five hours a day and that uh, tops, and that's it. You know, then then I try to exercise or to to yeah. I'm I'm not obsessed with with work only. Right. I, I think people don't understand people who do not uh, do. It's, it sounds terrible to even say it, but like are not in the idea of creating, I guess, the intensity of the time you spend focused. I don't know if people who like go and work a job that they may or may not like and kind of are told what to do and go through their day, understand how draining that is. It's draining, but at the same time, it gives back energy when it works fine, you know, it's satisfying, so so it goes oh, yeah. both ways. And it, again, I don't spend energy, like the example you gave of Paul Thomas Anderson, that, that sounds very tough, what he had to do defending uh, Boogie Nights, which is a great movie, I, and I love most of his work. Uh, so I don't spend energy in that way, and that's very good. I'm, I'm very fortunate in that way. I have a lot of freedom. Uh, I keep movies in a controlled size, so I can do as I please. And, and I try to make them fast. You know, I don't sit on the script for two years. I, if it's ready, I want to shoot it as, as soon as possible. So do you have a sense of where you want to be in five or 10 years? Is that even part of your thinking or are you just, what's uh, part of you now? Exactly where I'm at, which means absolute freedom to do what I want and to be lucky enough to work with actors like, like Charlotte Gainsbourg and Tim Roth and 
to go back to the fathering after Lucia, you know, I've been looking for an opportunity to do that. Uh, so that's it. You know, I'm, I'm not very ambitious in terms of, I, I wouldn't want to be, you know, very wealthy by making movies. What would I do with that? You know, I just like, I like the process of making movies. <laughs> right. So, okay. So, it, but it sounds like you have it down to the point where you feel comfortable that when you have something you want to make, you go make it and then it'll well, work out somehow. <laughs> no other was the ultimate challenge. Uh, to, to, to make a movie about a country, you know, the way a country and a society breaks down in a big scale, you know, without staying in interiors. And that, was a, uh, that was very demanding and challenging. And, and we made it. And when we showed Mexico City uh, in chaos, you know, in a dystopic way. So, and it's believable. And it's, it's so, so I'm very, that was very reassuring. And then we were able to shoot in Acapulco, placing Tim uh, without closing down the beach, you know, in the middle of this chaos that's again very much alive. And, and uh, of course, Tim, Tim trusts me because not, it, it's not hard for him. It's not so easy for him to work under those conditions, to let go so much control, but we trust each other. So, so, to me, half of the pleasure comes from working with the actors. Absolutely, I, I love actors, and when, when they when they realize that, they respond in the best way. And in terms of the audience or and or critics or whatever, do you what do you want their response to be to something like Sundown? What would you like uh, it to be? Well, hopefully that it's not misunderstood that that you know they go through it, and, and at the end you you have. The full experience. I, I, I want it to be a, 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 an experience. Uh, it's not just storytelling. I, I want it to be a full experience. I don't know if I'm explaining myself, but but it's a journey that you go through with Tim, and it you should feel how the sun burns and how it smells, and it should be an experience. And how he falls in love and all that. Uh, it should be a life, whatever that means. It's hard to explain, but you know, certain movies are like that. Um, and I think it should be beautiful and painful at the same time, hopefully. Mm. Do you read all the stuff? Do you read reviews and things? Much? Yes, I do. I, I can't help. I'm not obsessed with it at all, but right. especially when they come out, you know, when you're in Cannes or Venice and, and I'm very curious. You know, and and uh, I'm, I, I enjoy both the good and the bad ones. And I don't take either very seriously. I prefer the good ones, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, you know, once uh, a, a few of the important ones are good, I can take some of the bad ones with, with a humor or, with, uh, or, or I'm intrigued. Uh, I respect critics, but I never take too seriously when they trash my work or when they praise it big time, you know. I, I stay, you know, uh, I, I try not to, to believe either. Have you ever learned? Anything from a critic? Yeah, surely a lot. I, I, but, but, but I'll tell you this. I always try to know what's my next movie before. I'm, with, with Sundown, it was great because when No Order came out, I had already shot another movie. So what I'm trying to get at is I, I try, I do learn from critics, of course, but I don't want my next movie to be a reaction to how people criticize the previous movie. I try to be one step ahead because I don't want it. I, I like the dialogue, but I don't like it 
You see what I'm saying? I don't want to lose control over it. Yeah, it's like a theater performer talking about doing reading their criticism, and the next night they go, you know, somebody points out a particular move with their arm or whatever, and then the next night they're on stage and they're self conscious about it. And yeah, it screws yeah. it up. Yeah, that's bad business. One one shouldn't use it that way. Do you have any interest in different forms in terms? I mean, do you want do you want to, um, you know, make a science fiction movie or try a this or try a that or is that? Uh, well, you never know because nobody would have imagined that a film like Northern would come out of my head, uh, and it did. Uh, I I like the idea of not knowing exactly what I'm gonna do. I I'm, I think. I've only made seven movies, so uh, it's too early to say this is what I do. Uh, and it would be horrible to say this is what I do because then, right. then I, I'd limit myself. I'd like to surprise myself, hopefully, uh, and see where it goes. Well, I'm waiting for the Michelle Franco musical. I think that's going <laughs> to... Well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I actually was watching Soderbergh Solaris the other day, which I haven't seen in a while. And it was, you know, you realize in the original Solaris, obviously, it's not really science fiction. It's really a drama that happens to be set in that, you know. And, and it's Tarkovsky, it's really Tarkovsky. Yeah. And, and also, you talked about Solaris, but also, uh, Jesus, the one about the zone, I forgot the name. Stalker. Um, Stalker. I mean, that's also like science fiction, but, but then it's yeah. not. It's, it's, it's some existential drama. It's very interesting. Uh, I guess that's what matters the most, to keep being truthful to yourself. Who would have thought Lars von Trier was going to make a, a musical? And he did a fantastic one. Of course, Lars is like a, a contrarian by nature. He yeah. would do it just to piss you off, you know? <laughs> Though I always, I always think The Five Obstructions is one of the greatest movies about making movies I've ever seen. I, I was talking to someone earlier about how good uh, Get Back the documentary is because of it, it's, it's a lesson on, on how to, you know, creative process. But uh, that's about music and it applies to other forms. But when you go to the five obstructions and when, when, it, when it seemed that Lars Montreux was just being a, a prick by saying <laughs> it cannot last more than 12 frames and then the best of the five short films came out from, from the toughest obstruction. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a master uh, class on, on, on how to work. For me, when the guy can't go back to India is one of those moments where you really understand, like he just emotionally can't do that obstruction again. Yeah. Too much for him emotionally. And you realize there's a human being and not just a, you know, a machine. Oh. Many people didn't understand what Dogma 95 was about. And it was about, and, and, and many people, and, and I want to kill filmmakers that haven't studied the Bresson notes on the cinematographer because that, that's, that's a, a masterclass again in, in filmmaking. Yeah. No, lots of rules, lots of don't do this, do that. And then breaking those rules, you know, also. And you have no urge to come to Hollywood and spend $50 million making something? Uh, no, I urge no. I'm, I'm in no hurry to do anything. I, 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 I'd like to shoot a movie, you know, either in the States or, or in any other country. I'll be happy to. Uh, but I always have to, to, to know beforehand that I have control and that I'm not going to spend energy. Um, I mean... I've, 
I have a small body of work, but there's already a, a body of work. So people who would get involved with me, they're, they kind of know who I am for good or bad. Right. So yeah, I, I just wouldn't like to give up control because why would I? So you're not likely to come get somebody else's script and make a... Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> that uh, won't be happening anytime soon. No, and, and the, the best part of the process is taking what I wrote to the screen to see it materialize somehow. Uh, so is, it every, is it every wow. step for you? Is it every step that matters? Is it or is every step equal, quote unquote, to you, or is it the development and then the shooting is not as well, good, there, as good, or there, there's there's three main uh, steps of the of the process that, that you know that's when a film really changes and defines the, the writing, the shooting, and the editing, and you can ruin a film or 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 almost save a disaster on the editing room, and, and I spend long hours there as well. Do you have a preference for any of the, either of the three? Uh, writing. Before, I, at the beginning, I didn't enjoy writing because it's such a hard, lonely thing, uh, challenging. And, and the horror was not knowing if I was going to be able to shoot it. Uh, but now that I'm, I only write what I think is feasible. I don't write just for the sake of it. But now that I'm, uh, I feel I can write, it doesn't mean that I write better than before, but I guess less, less anxious both about writing and, and, and about knowing that I will make. Mm. So I like writing. Well, I am looking forward to seeing your movie on a screen one of these days. I've seen it on, on my TV, unfortunately, uh, all three times I've seen it. But, and Tim says he's waiting until he can see it on a screen. Um, but, uh, cause it does, I think that feeling of the sun and the, the, the journey of it, um, will be enhanced by seeing it that way. But I, 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 I'm glad people will see the movie either way. I, I, I thank you for watching it time and again and for the conversation. I'm, I'm... Well, you, your stuff is always interesting at the, at the beyond interesting, but it's, you know, it's always, um, it's always, uh, enriching in some way to, you know, your challenge to think and not enough film. There are filmmakers that are coming up that are doing a beautiful job, but I, you're one of my, not uh, high on that list for me of um, the young filmmakers who are rising. So wow. I appreciate the work. Thank you so Thank much. You. Good seeing you. And um, I'll look forward to, I, I guess in a year, <laughs> we'll see the next one, hopefully. hopefully. Okay. Thank you so much. Take good care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.